Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Even the state fair parade has horses. Did you, did you know that? Have you been to the state fair and seen the massive parade? I only know this because I recently attended with the Norwoods. And I was quite impressed with these large stallions in the parade. Yeah, horsies. They're very exciting. And these massive, powerful-looking horses were gallantly striding behind the epically lit-up floats. And I can watch all of this while eating a corny dog, maybe with towns on my shoulders, having a good time. Especially in Texas, we're, we're familiar with the idea that bigger is better, stronger is stronger, louder is louder. You, you kind of get it. And I'm not really sure that Jesus' entrance into the city of Jerusalem would have made the cut for the state fair parade in Texas. He may have gotten like the afternoon slot or the less, the less envied slot, but not the primetime one. And they definitely would have nixed the donkey because it's just not very impressive. Who wants, to, who wants to see someone ride a donkey into the city? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Even if we have deconstructed a lot of our ideas of God's power, something in us still kind of expects a Messiah, a Savior, to be mighty in all the ways that the world tells us that mighty works, how it is. We want Jesus to show up and show power in ways that are really impressive, put all the haters to shame, and make it really obvious that Jesus is with us and is saving us. Especially when evil seems to win again and again we long for a story that is less ancient and more present, less of then and more of now, less subtle and more explicit. Have you ever wanted Jesus to be this way? Have you ever wanted a savior to be impressive and mighty and powerful? Have you ever wanted him to save you from all your problems? But that's not the story of today, friends. I hate to break it to you. The story of today is a story of God made flesh, God with us. And when this God became flesh and he decided to go public with his ministry, a hard launch, if you will, in Jerusalem, not a soft launch. Like, this is it. This is his big moment, entering the city, the city of religious and political authority. He could have kept to himself and just kind of done his own thing, but he decided to go public with this, with this salvation thing. But not with a stallion, not with an impressive, mighty showing of power, but with a humble donkey. This, this is our Lord? This amazing story is one of so many examples where Jesus subverts everything we think we should 
believe about God. As both fully God and fully human, Jesus shows that emptying oneself and showing humility is in fact how you show you are divine. Power looks different according to God. Paul says in Philippians, he describes this this emptying and he talks about how emptying is the way of Christ. And he says, have the same mind of Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, or another translation is robbed, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of humans, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He did not account, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped. Remember a few, several weeks ago we talked about Adam in the Garden of Eden and how when given the offer to know all things and become like God, Adam and Eve had a perspective of grasping that for themselves, right? This is a different story. This is Jesus being equal with God and still choosing to empty himself. The humility not counting equality with God a thing to be grasped. But the most, the, maybe the most miraculous thing about this whole story is that Paul invites the Philippians to have the same mind of Christ, this same self, self-emptying. There's this word, this Greek word, kenosis, and it really means empty. And, and it's in this scripture too that Jesus emptied himself. Paul invites the the Philippians to have this same mind. He says, have the same mind of Christ Jesus. You can have this same mind. What a powerful invitation. And it's an invitation that we have too, believe it or not. Jesus is our Lord. It may seem a bit antiquated to have a Lord these days. We're not living in a feudal system and... (laughs) Europe or where we have, maybe you think of Downton Abbey with Lord, right? It's kind of an antiquated language. Who really needs a Lord these days? But the reality is that our world is constantly calling out and demanding our allegiance, our loyalty, our time, our worship. And it is a powerful act of faith when we give all of that allegiance to Christ and Christ alone. You see, Jesus is not here to entertain us or impress us in conventional ways. Jesus is not something we can brag about. Jesus doesn't show up with military prowess. 
Jesus defies everything that the world says is powerful. Jesus is here to save us, save the world with his compassion and his undying love. That is his power. And that is our power in Christ. Jesus is our Lord. You see, the world will ask you to have so many other lords. So many other allegiances. But as you walk this journey of faith, as you make steps toward faith, or as you let God walk alongside you, you'll discover the freeing power of calling Jesus your Lord. Because while it may seem foolish, you again and again will say, no, Jesus is my Lord. You see, the president isn't my Lord. The NRA isn't my Lord. Twitter isn't my Lord. Instagram isn't my Lord. Power isn't my Lord. Wealth isn't my Lord. Caesar isn't my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. Where he goes, I will go. Where he leads, I will follow. The way he loves, I will love. The way he thinks, I will think. What he values, I will value. And I will empty myself to be like him. To show the world that true power is found in humility and self-emptying acts of love. Hosanna, Hosanna, they said. This is a phrase that means, oh, save, oh, save. And as Wendy said, the same people who were shouting, oh, save, oh, save, would be people who shouted, crucify him, crucify him. How quickly and how fragile our allegiance is. But we will shout Hosanna today. We will shout Hosanna. And when evil seems like it's winning in the world, we will remember how the story really ends. We will remember that the suffering that we experience, that sometimes feels like it takes over every part of our lives, that this is not unfamiliar to our Lord. As he was entering Jerusalem, he would begin his week of suffering, his week of sorrow. And still he was obedient. I invite you this week to consider letting go, to consider emptying something in your life. When the world says grasp, 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 you need more, you need more things, you need more money, you need more power, practice emptying, practice letting go. Practice emptying your mind. Practice creating peace so that you can really be present with a conversation with a friend. Practice emptying your calendar. 
so that you can make room for God in your life. Christ is our King, my friends. We fall to our knees and worship this amazing God. Amen. Is that? Mm -hmm.